Build your community. Find some fun people to fellowship with and go make disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. From the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus created a community. He did so when he formed his group, his disciples. In our passage today, the 11 are gathered post-resurrection, and Jesus is talking to them about the most important part of this ministry, the need to teach what they have learned and share what they have experienced. They are to become witnesses in the world for all that they have been a part of. The community that they formed, serving together and traveling together, became much like a family. In this passage, we see the disciples for the first time since they fled after the arrest of Jesus. And at this point, they've also received the news that what Jesus promised of his death and resurrection has been realized. And lastly, they've accepted the testimony of the women who went and found the empty tomb. The disciples continued to remember what Jesus taught them and what he instructed them to do, which is why they were going to the mountain, all 11 as a group. In this place, Jesus appears to them fully, fully everything that he had taught them, he is. The commentary that I read said, they did not stand in amazement and fascination. However, they fell and they worshiped him. And in this act that expresses understanding that Jesus is fully divine and fully human. Among them, there were some who doubted. Maybe they were just trying to wrap their brain around making sense of this. What they experienced didn't always seem to make sense when they talked about it amongst each other and with other people. I think we all have moments in our lives when things don't make sense. When we might have doubts about what's happening, what are the circumstances, that we, we have this unsettled feeling in our spirit that prompts us to seek a greater understanding. Maybe it's over a job or a move or a decision that you've made or a decision that you don't want to make. Trying to make sense of all of this was the same for the disciples as it is for us. 
This is life-altering news that God brought to us through the person of Jesus Christ. These men were chosen, hand-picked, if you will, to learn and to share and to build community for this very moment on the mountain. We are also chosen. We are chosen to build community here in this moment. We are created to be with one another, created in community, to find ways to learn from one another and learn from our experiences, to share them. Imagine, if you will, studying the scriptures or reading a book in the quiet of your own home and never sharing it with anyone, never telling anyone about a nugget that you might have read on the pages, never having a conversation about how you interpret that scripture on that given day from God, never hearing somebody else's perspective of the same information. I believe the practice of personal study is very important to our spiritual growth. But I also believe the practice of sharing that within community is equally as important. When we put ourselves in community with other believers, we hear things that we may not know on our own. We hear things that challenge us, make us ask different questions, make us think differently about the material we read in our quietness. I learn much from the communities that I build around me. I'm always amazed at how God may use somebody's voice or word of encouragement or perspective or just a sentence in passing to speak to me and remind me of his presence. Perhaps you're doing our Lenten study on the Lord's Prayer. We shared earlier a couple weeks ago that this study is literally for everyone from zero to a hundred plus. Our babies are hearing the prayer in the nursery. Our little ones are trying to learn it and recite it. Our elementary and our students are digging deeper to understand what this prayer means in their life, and our adults are doing the same in various different ways. If you don't have this book and you would like it for yourself, they're still available. And it really changes your perspective on how you understand certain segments of the prayer. Our Bluebirds group this week, we're studying chapter 3. Chapter 3 is Our Daily Bread. And it was interesting to read and learn and think differently about what does our daily bread translate to and how does it translate in our life today. We've heard the story of the manna falling from the sky during the 40-year wandering journey of the Israelites after the Exodus. And in that story, we are told that the manna comes straight from God's hand. And so we think about our manna, our daily bread. And we know in our head that everything we have comes from God. But do we think about it in the sense of our immediate need, our immediate hunger being met by God? So what is our manna? Is it simply the food we receive to sustain our physical sense? Or is this more of a spiritual feeding? Is it both? Can it be both? For our group, the interesting shift in thought was that this has always been kind of a personal prayer for many of us. And yet we offer it in this place on Sunday mornings. 
but thinking about it a little bit differently. It is an individual prayer to God, but it's also a prayer to invite people into our community. This specific part, we were challenged with our perspective of either offering this prayer or receiving this prayer. And what if you do that on behalf of other people? What if it's not just a prayer that you offer up in that moment? You become the intercessor for those people. People you may know. People you may not know. I realized in this place I can be praying for the people of Ukraine, for them to receive the food and supplies that they need, because that's their manna. I realized that I could be praying to God to hear the cries of the broken and the lonely and know that I am praying for God to meet them in their need, even though I don't know what their need is. But in that place of desperation, when they cry out to the Lord, I can stand in that space and lift them up. Changing our perspective, changing the way we think about our prayers, allows us to remember that we are in community with one another and that the presence of Christ is revealed in this very community. The 11 who went to Galilee were given a very important message from Jesus as they gathered on that mountain. We can read in Acts chapter 1 through 15 all the details, how the church started, how the message was spread, how the multitudes were baptized, and how we as Christian followers grew. And there's lots of details in that space. But in this moment, this moment was to give the disciples their orders. What's happening next? What are your next steps? Jesus reminds him what they taught him and what he promised them. He reminds them that he has been given authority under heaven and all throughout earth, and that it comes from God. And he uses a very intentional word, therefore. Therefore is a transitional word that pivots their role. It, it changes the responsibility. It takes the responsibility and shifts it from Christ teaching to them teaching. From Christ being responsible to them participating in what God is doing. Therefore, this is what you're going to do. You will go to all nations and make disciples. You will travel and tell what you have learned. You will share what you have experienced. And when the people hear what I have done in your life, they will want the same for theirs. They will understand that Jesus has made promises and kept them. And in those places where they need that manna, Jesus will do the same for them. He will teach them that no matter what, God will always be with us. God will always love us. God will always guide us and teach us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will live an abundant life if we'll submit to this and follow Christ. And then he tells them, now, you go. You go. You've, you've received. You're filled with the Spirit. Now you go and you baptize and you tell this community of all the things that you've learned and know. 
And you do so in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, not on your own. Last week, Bo shared the news. It's okay to be sad. <laughs> that Martha and Chuck will be leaving their positions. And we know they are going to be leaving and doing great things. We know that we will have new clergy to lead us, and we know that we will be welcoming people into this community of faith. And like the disciples, we will need to continue to teach and grow and share what we have experienced, what we have learned through their leadership throughout all these years. I feel like the best way that we can honor their time here and all that they have done is to remember what we've learned and to continue to love and disciple others and allow ourselves to be discipled so that our testimony is one of love and care for our fellow community. We have been taught many valuable lessons. We have learned that above all, Jesus requires us to love, and he does, and to do so well. We've learned good, faithful stewardship, and that this comes from a place of our relationship with Christ, and not guilt or anything else like that. And all of these things that we have learned allow us to continue to do the mission and the ministry that we are called to do by God. And my goodness, we have learned about sacrificial love, and we have been cared for physically and spiritually. Thank you. As we read our scripture lesson today, we know that Jesus is not only speaking to the 11 men on the mountain, we know he's speaking to us. We know that he is teaching us how we are to move forward. He says to them, and teaching them, us, to anyone we meet, to obey everything I have commanded. This is our charge. We, like the disciples, are being told by Jesus to go to his people and to teach about his commands to teach them about his promises. And we get the opportunity to share how God has been present in our lives and will continue to do so because we can stand on that promise. We get to witness to all we learn, to the answered prayers, and to the unanswered prayers that we can later on be thankful for. Not as obvious in this passage, is the importance of fellowship. As a community of faith, we need time to fellowship with one another. We need to make time to fellowship with one another, to be together, to share our joys, to share our concerns, to build trust so that we can have conversations and feel safe in these spaces. This week, Thursday, if you were in this building, was kind of buzzing. We had CBS, Community Bible Study here, all ages of women, and children learning about the love of Christ and growing in their own knowledge of who God is. A little bit later, 
We had senior fun, and we welcomed the Hodgson Singers from UGA. While that was going on, there was pickleball downstairs in the gym and people planning for this weekend's ministries. And when all that got cleaned up, we remained open, and we entered into super suppers. We invited our guests from the community to come fellowship and have a hot meal as they built community with one another in that space. It was a great day. I stopped by Kim's uh, desk, and I was like, Kim, there's a lot going on. You could just feel the energy. It was buzzing. She's like, yeah, I know. And then quickly we both said, but it's great. Because we've had months and months where even when we wanted to be in community, even when we wanted to fellowship, we couldn't. There is great value in gathering and serving and being in this place together. Today we're hosting the Mission Celebration Brunch. If you haven't heard, one, I don't know how, and two, I don't know how you don't smell it. The wonderful smells of brunch are permeating through the hallways and I am getting hungrier by the minute. COVID shut us down a week before this mission brunch was supposed to happen in 2020. So we have not been able to gather in fellowship like this since 2019. But today we will. We get to. We get to have a meal. And we get to share all the great things that God is doing in this place and has been without stopping. Today's a good day. If you signed up, I'll see you after this service. And if you didn't, come on down. Everybody's welcome. And you'll get to be a part of something special because you'll get to be a part of church-wide fellowship. And maybe you'll meet somebody new, or maybe you'll reconnect with someone you used to know, or maybe somebody will feel special and welcome because you spoke to them in this place. Please don't hear all of this as bragging or some kind of infomercial. It's not. It's actually a testimony to the faithfulness of this congregation, of you, of how you've returned and come back and rolled your sleeves up, did what needed to be done, doing what needs to be done. This is a testimony to how God is alive in this place. We have been intentional about asking you to have people come, invite a friend, tell someone about us, invite them into something outside of the sanctuary. Let them meet people and find their place in this, in this place. And we do so because being in community matters. And having fun people to fellowship with is just fun. After Jesus tells his disciples what they need to go and do, he promises them that he is and always will be with them. It's so reassuring knowing that we don't go this alone. One of the promises that I do stand on daily is that I am never alone, no matter what. When we're asked to serve out of our comfort zone, asked to be a teacher with little kids, teenagers, you have no idea the value of going and being with them and sharing the love of Christ in ways that are different from what they get in their normal environment. It's great when you get to sit with a fifth or sixth grader and tell them they're funny when everyone else is telling them they're not. 
when we're asked to serve on a committee that we think is going to be so time-consuming. Or maybe it's out of my league. I don't know anything about that. Actually, we're not really being asked to do that. We are. But you're being invited into community. You're being invited, and whatever you are invited to by God, God will equip you to serve. And this is where our confidence comes from. This is where we fully understand the presence of God in our lives and being able to do something because we lean on God and not lean on us. And this, my friends, is good news. We don't have to be nervous about not being smart enough, not being strong enough, not knowing every book of the Bible in that little song that we learned when we were three. We don't have to worry if we don't know all the details, all the stories, all the names. We don't. Because God is actually waiting for us to trust Him and trust His promises along the journey. If you open your heart and maybe a little space in your calendar, I promise you it won't be long, especially if you tell me that you did it, that you won't receive some nudging from the Holy Spirit to step out in faith and serve in new ways. Or rekindle what you used to love and serve in ways you did before. Maybe you've already felt the Holy Spirit nudging. Maybe you've already had a sense that you need to be doing something, but you just can't figure out what it is. Come see us. We can tell you how to get where you want to go. It's not really about finding the perfect spot to serve or finding what is amazing to someone. It's about you. It's about what God is telling you in your heart to go and do, and then it becomes the most amazing thing in the world. So get connected, because I really feel like your story and your gifts they're going to encourage somebody. They're going to make somebody feel like they are not alone and that this is exactly where they're supposed to be. And in that, their, strength, their faith is strengthened. Their lives are enriched and yours are too. I mean, so goodness gracious, it's like a win-win. As a staff, we do try to creatively come up with ways to share what we're doing. I mean, y'all have no idea the hours we spend on that picture or what it's going to draw somebody in, or how will these words speak to different groups? And we realize that it's about being connected. So if you aren't and you want to be, come on in. If you are and you know someone who's not, come alongside them. Because being connected is what gives us a personal strengthening of our faith and a strengthening of a community, and when we're better in here, we're better out there, individually and together. Like the Lord's Prayer, our faith is both personal and corporate. When we have a personal relationship with Christ, that shows, and meeting other people allows God's witness to grow. I do believe that Jesus smiles when his children come together. And they collectively bring what they've learned, and it strengthens the body. Jesus is not asking us to please consider making disciples of Jesus Christ. He's inviting us to participate what is already happening. In this amazing work of God that offers healing and comfort and peace and growth and all the things we say we want. Lastly, 
Jesus never said that this would be easy. But he did promise that he would be with us to the very end of the age. In the coming weeks and months, we know we can stand on God's promises. We know God is with us. We know God will love us forever. We know God will comfort us and strengthen us. And we know that God will always be faithful to his promises. We're getting ready to close our service today. And we're going to sing Standing on the Promises. It seemed appropriate. But before we sing, I want to read verse 4. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to my, the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Let us remember to whom we turn as we stand witness to all that God is doing here and beyond these walls. Let us pray. Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you fill us with your Spirit. And we give you our hearts and we give you this day. Teach your children to build community through your love and fellowship and through being in communion with you and one another. Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC. Thank you.